This is Alternate Take, and I am your host. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm very excited to bring you guys this episode, man. Uh, it was legendary, and I know I say that probably too often, like I'm like I'm Barney Stinson up in here, but that's because it was, dude. And the reason it was is because we had the Dodgers legend Manny Mota, and I won't dive too much into his accolades right now because I did it in the podcast, but just to give you a tiny background of Manny Mota, he has been affiliated with the Dodgers since 1969 as a player, coach, consultant, and other things. So when you're thinking about the Dodgers, you're thinking about Vin Scully, you're thinking about the late, great Tommy Lasorda, and you're thinking about Manny Mota. These are the three guys that have truly been, quote-unquote, Dodgers for most of their life. And uh, it was an honor to talk to him, man. Uh, he's He just turned 83, and, he, dude, he's still sharp. He's still sharp. It's, it's, it's honestly unbelievable how... Uh, how well-spoken he is and how coherent he is. And uh, he's still funny. He still had some jokes and just full of so much wisdom. It's it's crazy to really think about how in my lifetime, Manny Mona's been a part of it the whole time. And my parents can say the same and my grandma can say the same. Uh, my grandma, who can kick your grandma's ass, by the way, and the reason I say that is because she's in the Women's Baseball Hall of Fame. So she she she's still jacked, dude. She still walks like four miles a day, like a savage, dude. She's unbelievable. And um, she came over here, and I, I don't know what specific year when she came to the United States, but considering she was such a star at baseball, her her idols that she would talk about the most were, well, her favorite ball player was Sandy Koufax, but she loved the Latin players. And um, her one of her favorite players she'd always mention was Manny Mota. She mentioned Manny Mota and uh and and Maury Wills. She loved how fast he was. And then obviously the years down the road she'd mentioned Fernando Valenzuela and whatnot, but she she loved those players. So I I've, I've been hearing about Manny Mota since I was a kid. But more importantly, he's been an inspiration to my grandmother since she was young. And then my grandmother and my grandpa had sex. Woof. And then made my mom. And my mom was a ball player too. She played catcher. And my mom used to mostly talk about Johnny Bench because which catcher doesn't talk about Johnny Bench? But he wasn't a Dodger. And then she talked about Mike Piazza when we were older because that's because she had a crush on him, though. But one of the things that she used to always mention of her favorite Dodger memories, which, of course, is everyone's Dodger favorite Dodger memory, was the Kirk Gibson home run. Um, and who was the first base coach during that at-bat? Manny Mota. You know? Um, my dad, huge Dodger fan. Kid growing up in East L.A., uh, mostly talked about the infield. You're talking about like, you know, Ron Say, Bill Russell, Davey Lopes, and Steve Garvey. And all those guys credit a lot of their success to Manny Mota. So this guy, this guy's, I mean, he's he's been around. I mean, he's been around my, he's been an inspiration to my grandmother. He's been an inspiration to my parents. You know, and then my parents, they they also had sex too, Wolf, and made me. And he's been an inspiration to me. So like you, you got to see how three generations in a row He's inspired so many people, and we're just fans. If you think about all the players he's inspired and all the players that he's uh, helped sustain their growth, I mean, we're talking especially the Latin players. You know, these guys are coming over from from Mexico, from Puerto Rico, from Dominican Republic, where he's from, from Cuba, from Venezuela, and all these countries. They don't know the language. Um, they're stars, and they're all of a sudden they go from a lot of the times they go from being poor to being rich, so they don't know how to handle that. And he's and he's in charge of just basically managing their lives and just and giving them some humility. And, that, and that's extremely admirable, man. So this guy is not only a, a Dodgers legend to fans, but to, to 
countless and countless players from the years. So it really was an honor to talk to him and see what he had to say. Um, and uh, I'll shut up now, man. That's it. That's all I wanted to say about Manny Mota. And thanks for listening, guys. I bring to you the great Dodgers legend, Manny Mota. Hello, Danny. How you doing, Mr. Mota? Brian, how are you, sir? I'm great, sir. Just having a good day. Just trying to enjoy my Monday. How about yourself? Everything all right? Can't complain. Nice to be alive. Oh, beautiful. Always is. Looking sharp for your age. Looking great. I believe you just celebrated a birthday, Thank you, right? thank you, thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Yes, sir. I, be- I believe you're, uh, February 18th is your birthday, correct? That's correct. That is the same day as my brother's birthday, so he was uh, he was thrilled to find that out. Well, we have something coming. Oh, well, you know what? I used to always, I used to always uh, make fun of him all my whole life because my birthday is uh, December 30th, which I share the same birthday with. Tiger Woods, LeBron wow. James, yeah, and the and uh, Sandy Koufax. So I always brag about Sandy. That. Yeah, wow, you're in great company then. I'm in great company, and I'm I'm uh I'm the downfall of those birthdays. I feel like I'm I'm letting everyone down, but I'm doing my best, sir. That's anything you can do. <laughs> well, I want to give the listeners a little bit of a, a little background. I don't think they need it, but let's just just in case they don't know who they're dealing with, let's just let's just uh tell them what you're about. You have 20 years in the big leagues. Wow. A career batting average of 304. Wow. Your Dodgers batting average is 315, which is second to only wow. Mike Piazza. Wow, wow, wow. Yes, sir. And uh, 34 seasons as a coach, which is the longest in Dodgers history. Wow, wow, wow. What a history. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> well, speaking of that, let's, I want to start from the beginning. Um, you know, as, a, as kids, we always idolize – the kids for that came from uh, other countries to come into the major leagues, just because we always thought about your path was just so much more difficult. So um, I always I wanted to talk about that your upbringing from the Dominican Republic and see how how did you get to the big leagues coming from there and like where you grew up and all that good stuff. Well, I grew up in Santo Domingo, and you know, as a child playing baseball, anytime I get a chance, six or seven years old, tried to kill time, tried to have fun, and tried to enjoy life, you know. We have a lot of fun, we play, create a lot of friends, and try to get to know each other and treat everybody, you know, with respect and consideration. And just try to establish communication and know my friends. And they get to know me too. But those were the beautiful days. Right. Yeah, definitely. And then you uh went into the big leagues, I believe, in uh let's see here. What year, sir? 1962, I come up with the San Francisco Giants. That's right. And as Dodger fans, we don't like to hear that. We, we, we pretend like that didn't exist. Well, but that, that's okay. That's a good rivalry. <laughs> but um, I imagine it was still a very special time for you because, I mean, you're around uh, Willie Mays and Juan Marichal. Did, uh, are there any memories you have of them that they maybe influenced your career in any way? Oh, really, really, really. I really enjoy being around those People you just mentioned, you know, that was a great honor, a great privilege to have the opportunity to be around them and listen to them and learn from them and giving advice. People like Felipe Alou, Orlando Zepeda, Jose Pagan, Juan Mary Char, Maria Lou, especially Willie Mays. Willie Mays, he really teach me how to play the game the right and correct way. I appreciate that. I got a great deal of respect for Willie for what he do for me and for those beautiful advice he provided me with. 
Oh, beautiful. And I, and I believe you, you would probably have the same exact experience when you went to Pittsburgh, correct? With, uh, with the late, great Robert, Roberto Clemente. Yes, I said I had the, the bless and the privilege to be around two of the best players in baseball history. Willie Mason and Roberto Clemente, to me, was a great pleasure to have the opportunity to spend time with Roberto Clemente in Pittsburgh and get to know him personally and evaluate his talent as a player. I really learned a lot from those two guys. Watching them play and listen to them, that was beautiful for me to listen to them and learn the message they passed to me about the way they played the game. And they made me a better player. And besides that, they made me a better person. Beautiful. That's that's what Dodger fans love to hear is I feel like we we get that sense from you just from the years and years that we've seen you. And it and it has it has been years. I believe you've been part of the Dodgers organization from from 1969 to 2013. I've been very grateful to the Dodger organization because I've been in this organization for a long time and they treat me beautiful, beautiful. I cannot express the way this organization has taken care of me and my family. I am, I say I'm lucky and fortunate to be part of this beautiful and great organization and also part of this beautiful city. I'm very grateful to the organization and to the fans from Los Angeles and California. Beautiful. When you had a when you guys had the expansion draft and you went with the Expos for that one year, um, how brief was your time? Because that's when you got traded uh, with uh, Mario Wills, right? Correct to the Dodgers. Yes, in 1969, I spent the the first three months in Montreal, and it was kind of difficult for me because the weather was so cold. <laughs> Coming from the Dominican Republic, the cold, the hot weather. But I get used to it, and I enjoy my time in Montreal. I have a good time. I enjoy being with the fans. And I'm pleased what I give the team. Because I, and the short time spent in Montreal, I give them all my best. But I will never forget those fans in Montreal. They were beautiful fans, and they treat me with a great deal of respect. I really appreciate that. That's beautiful. I love it. Um once you came to 69, I believe th- that was really big for the Dodgers. Um, especially, uh, I'm a, I'm a long, young Latin kid. Our players that we always looked up to were always the other Latin players. My grandma, in fact, she's part of the Women's Baseball Hall of Fame in Mexico. And the players she would talk about the most were you, and she would talk about Maury Wills. She'd talk about Sandy Koufax was her absolute favorite, but she loved Fernando Valenzuela. Uh, any one of the Latin players that were really making a difference, especially in our home hometown team, was like a big deal to her. So did you, uh, did you get a lot of support from the community when you first came in? Did you feel that, especially the Latin community, when you first came in? Oh, yes. I I feel like uh, I was welcomed very well by the Latin American people in L.A. And they gave me a great deal of support. And I believe the support they gave me gave me motivation inspiration to take my game to a higher level. I will never forget the support I get from the L.A. fans especially the Latino friend. That was a great communication because I get along with the community and I let them know how important the community was for the LA Dodgers and also for the Latin players. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, any, any uh, word that came from my grandma, we took it serious because when you're 12 years old and your grandma hits a home run off you and stick ball, then you know that you're not meant for baseball, but she was, she's a natural. And when she said that she respects Manny Mota, then, then we knew she was on the, she was on the right track. 
Oh, thank you for those words. That really made me feel good to hear about. Of course, sir. So that way about me. Yes, sir. From um, 74 to 79, specifically were um, the golden years that people talk about when they talk about Manny Mota. Um, you were the one of the most clutch hitters, and it was well known amongst the whole major leagues that you were the one to be called upon if the situation called for. You have you finished your career as the number one pinch hitter of all time. Well, as a pinch hitter, you know, there was a more mental preparation and positive thinking and concentration to, you know, to try to do the best you possible can. But in my situation, in my case, I love to hit under pressure. I love the come up in the clutch, man in scoring position, because to the support I give from my teammates and the confidence from the manager, and besides that, the support from the fans. All those fans, the way they greeted me, motivate me to try to do the job the best I possible can. And I just try to make contact, put the ball on play, and have confidence in myself, and pray anytime I hit the ball to see if I can find some hole. <laughs> and, you know, you had many, many moments. Um, I'm sure there's some that stand out to you, but I think the one that everyone talks about still to this day is uh, the game in uh, 77, the National Championship Series, and Game 3, the double. Well, that's a great... Great memories about that that game. That was a big game for us, and we come from behind. And I just pay my contribution. I just try to help my team. And luckily, I hit a double to get RBI and get the inning going, and we come from behind. But that was a big game for us. I know I hit the double, but for me, it was more important to help with the team win the game than think about myself, think about hitting the double. I was thinking at that particular moment about coming from behind and helping the team to win the game, and that's what really happened. Come from behind, two strike, two outs, one strike away from get away from to from losing that game, and luckily we came back and scored three runs and be the rival of Philadelphia Ball Club, which was a very good ball club in those days. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And then. I mean, the Phillies has always been a huge driver. I mean, going on to the later on years, you know, down 2006, 2007, and those years as well. Um, and your pinch hitting prowess was so big. I, I saw here that not only were you in the movie Airplane, that they mentioned you in the movie Airplane, but you got to meet President Jimmy Carter as well. Oh, that was a great honor to get uh, the opportunity to be invited with the whole family to the White House by President Carter. That was great great by the president to inviting us to the White House and have a big experience. That was a great feeling for us, for the family. And the way the president treating all the family at the White House, that was a great from the president to have that, that all giving us that honor and that privilege to visit the White House with the whole family. That's a time and moment we will never forget. Because the president, he was very nice to us. And we have a good time and get the opportunity to meet the president of the United States of America, Mr. Jimmy Carter, the person, the person which I appreciate and admire as a president. When we win the World Series about, we went to see President Reagan and President Bush at the White House, President Reagan, because President Bush, I met him when he came to LA, came to the clubhouse with that. You know, that's a great honor. We had that, that opportunity 
to visit the White House because that happened, I think, once a lifetime. So you can imagine how my family and myself feel about being visiting the White House and meeting the President of the United States of America. Yes, sir. I wanted to ask, um, you know, growing up as, as a Dodger fan my whole life, there's always been the clutch hitters that we've always seen uh, years in, years out, going back from, uh, from Justin Turner now to uh, Andre Ethier, the pinch hitting uh, Olmedo signs. Uh, there was, you know, we had Nomar Garcia Parra, who's from my hometown in Whittier. And we also had, uh, you know, going back all the way to, to 88 when we saw Kirk Gibson do what he did. And I see these consistent the interviews. They talk about you all the time as to you were one of their main motivators as to helping them perform in those roles. Well, we, through the years, we have a lot of good pinch hitters in the Dodger Ball Club. You mentioned Jose Morales, mentioned Victor Davalillo. Don't forget Victor Davalillo. Yes, sir. And some other players. You know, I just tried to pass my advice to them about how to approach, what to look for and how to get prepared for that role. Because I believe preparation is the key. You gotta have preparation, have a plan to approach when you're gonna pinch it and be positive. Believe in yourself, trust yourself, and just go to the play one idea. When they give you the bat to pinch it, they give you the bat to swing the bat. The worst thing that can happen to a pinch it was to be caught on strike. That happened to me once. I will never forget that. I remember one day I pinched with bases loaded, two out, 19 in, winning run, second base, three and two count. And I take a pitch close to strike zone, and that game was over. I will never forget that at that because after that I say, I'm going to strike out again sometime, but I'm going to go down like a good soldier. I'm going to fight all the way to the end. And I'm going to swing the bat. They never going to call me up in a strike without swinging the bat. And after that, I think I win about maybe 300 bats more. And I went down. Well, I went down like a good soldier, swinging the bat. Yes, sir. That's why they give me the bat to swing and not to say. I love it. I love it. Is there any, uh, do you have any specific memories from that uh, Kirk Gibson game on the 1988 World Series? Well, I was coaching first base, and, uh, you know, after Kirk Gibson got the full count, we have Steve Sachs hitting behind. And, you know, actually, he was one of the best relievers, the best reliever in the game at that time. And, you know, come to my mind, I said, well, we might lose Gibby here. Maybe the skipper, in that case, Tony La Rosa might. Maybe he walked in to try to pitch to sacks, being a right-handed hitter, and being escalated, being so difficult to right-handed. But he got a lot of confidence in Escalade because he just not explained that out before. But luckily, unfortunately, worked out for us because Gitson hit a home run. He let him pitch to Gitson. The rest is part of the history. Oh, uh, and it's the best history. My That was like one memory that I wasn't alive for, but my parents talked about my whole life. And we had it on DVD. We rewatched it. I don't know how many times, and it doesn't get old. And uh, speaking of that, um, your skipper, uh, you know, Tommy Lasorda, rest in peace. You know, he's, you know, he means a great deal to to the Dodgers nation and to everyone, you know, in baseball. Not even have to, not even Dodger fans, but just everyone in baseball. Uh, do you have any uh, fond memories, you know, of your old skipper? Oh, I got a lot of, a lot of great memories about Tommy. I got the opportunity 
to play for Tommy, to coach for Tommy, to manage against Tommy Winterbow. And I'm very grateful to Tommy. He treated me with a great deal of respect. He teach me how to play the game, how to, how to coach. He teach me about coaching. And I picked some of his brain because watching Tommy, the way he managed, that really helped me to manage in the Dominican Republic in the Winter League. I'm very grateful to have the honor and the pleasure and the privilege to meet great human beings like Tommy Lasara was. Oh, he was the best. Me, me and my brother to this day, we'll, ha- we'll have a few drinks and we'll laugh at the at the interview. He had a uh, the post interview with uh, Bavakwa where he goes off on the reporters. It's the funniest, funniest. Yeah, thing Bavakwa. I remember Tommy, Tommy. We used to have a lot of fun with Tommy because Tommy make everybody happy. Telling a lot of stories. And, and Tommy have a lot of way, you know, to increase the player, to motivate the player. And to make the player be relaxed, making jokes. And that way, the guy, when they go to the field, they go with that motivation from Tommy because Tommy was good motivating his player. And he developed a lot of players who play in the major league. Without a doubt, Tommy was great for the game of baseball. Definitely. You know, and I think that, that applies to anyone who played baseball. I think about my old coaches when I played as a kid. And the ones I remember are the ones that were the motivators, not necessarily the the ones that you're going to learn how to get technically better as the years goes on. And you're going to have a lot of coaches to help you get there. But the ones I remember, the, the motivators is my old coach, Mike Lay. He's a president now of the ballpark where I used to play. And it's worked his way up from coach all the way to Pico Rivera, California. And it's, it's beautiful to see that he's still doing it 30 years later. Yeah, and, you know, Tommy, he was a very hard worker. I remember Tommy used to throw out in practice for an hour. And you know, when I saw Tommy at that age, I say, how he can do it, how he can how he can do that. But he, he do that to show his player his dedication to the game. And when he do that, like a calling extra hitting, he wants to make the player to be a better player and also to be a better hitter. And Tommy, he helped a lot of those players, not only to be great players, also to be better person and better human beings beautiful you know sir there was a i played a locally in orange county uh just as a kid i didn't do anything farther than that but i played high school for a uh, la habra high school and we had a game against fullerton high school and they were a very good team and during that time tommy lasorda lived in the neighborhood and there was rumors that he was going to show up to the game and i was i was nervous as it gets because if tommy lasorda comes to your game you got you got to perform it's this is this is tommy we're talking about and i remember I was on a hot streak leading up to the game, and my coach told me we're gonna bat you leadoff. But like, I don't like batting leadoff to be honest with you, because if the first pitch is down the middle, I want to swing. I don't like looking at that pitch. <laughs> so I told my coach, I go, "Hey, coach, I'm you know how I play. Like, if it's down the middle, I don't, I don't care if it's the first pitch of the game. I'm gonna swing." He's like, "That's why we're gonna play you first because we're probably gonna get killed this game anyway. So don't matter." I was like, "All right." And then first pitch of the game, I see Tommy when I'm walking up to the uh, to the uh, bat. I'm like, "Oh my god, Tommy Lasota is here." And uh, first pitch is about 93 miles an hour. I didn't really see that speed, you know, at that time. So it was definitely a lot faster than I was used to. But first pitch hit it off the wall. We got a double to lead off the game. And I was like, that's it. I made my life. I got a double in front of Tommy Lasorda. We're good. Well, that was good, you know. If any player, they went to slump and they downed themselves, and they talked to Tommy, he's made that person change right away the way he talked to the player, the way he motivated his player. 
he, he really increased the people's confidence and make it player to be a better player, better person, as I said before. And, uh, you know, and a lot of players say that about you. I've seen this, especially um, all the players, like I said, the Latin players that have come through the organization the last 20 years. I remember even my earliest member of you was um, Guillermo Moda talking about you and saying uh-huh. the nice thing about you. And he's a, he's a pitcher, you know, and him saying, like, how much he, you meant to him, you know? Well, I remember Guillermo Moda. We used to talk, you know, I believe in communication. And I communicate with the players and I let them know what to look for, how I can help them, how can I give them advice. Especially in Guillermo, I used to, we used to talk about from the hitting start point. I was talking to Guillermo about how to face some different hitter, what kind of hitter everybody was. And that way you have an idea when you come out to pitch about how to face those guys, you know, because from here standpoint, I know the hitters. And I give him some idea just to, you know, just to remind him and to put in his mind. Because when he comes to the mind, to the mount, he's going to do his way or the way the coaches want him to do. But always remember him. I say, Guillermo, if they're going to beat you, let him beat you with the best pitch. With the best pitch. And I say, never let the best hitter on the other team beat you. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yeah. And you know what? Like I said, all the pitchers said the same. It was going back to like uh, Jose Lima and Ronald Balasario and all these uh, these Latin players that come through. I'm sure with uh, Julio Urias now, I, you know, you mean a great deal to them. Yasiel Puig, when he was coming up, it's it's you know, it's always been a big deal for them. Because you you need to help those kids to be a confident. Sometimes they're down themselves and you got that's the time how to know when to approach and how to approach. You need to know when they need a pat on the back. When they're doing well, you leave them alone. But you have to find out the time when they need you the most, and then that's when you have to approach them, don't let them get down themselves, build their own confidence, and let them know they can do it. Let them know they have the ability, and don't be afraid to fail. Because when you fail, that's going to make you better. Because you only learn from the mistake you make. Yes, sir. And there's there's no more proof of how great of a coach you were because you did it at home. Your your kids went to the major leagues, correct? Yeah, two of my kids, uh, two or kids. I don't say my kids, my wife and my <laughs> myself. Kids, they play in the big league for one month, but that was great for them. They play in the big league. Jose played with the Kansas City Royals in San Diego, and then they play with Houston. But I'm glad they get to get the taste of giving your lead, but Lord have another idea for them. Lord, the good Lord thought that, that was not the vocation for them. So he gave them to get something out. They get the taste of the big league. They get the, the dream come true, but Lord has some other ideas for them. So now they are professional in different areas. Or at least they get to play in the big league and they fulfill the dream, the, the dream they have as a kid. That's beautiful. You know, I, I, I've seen Jose a few times. I live about five minutes from uh, Angel Stadium. Uh, I only said I saw him once, but he was always, you know, very respectful person. Uh, and he, I mean, he does a great job of what he does with the Angels. So that's, you know, it's proof of what you guys have, how you raised your family and how, how well you did it. Well, I told my kids, as I told the Latin players, you need to work hard. Repetition, repetition, because repetition and practice 
will give you the consistency you need to play in the big leagues. And also, I let them know, never be satisfied because always there's room to improve and to get better and to get your game to a higher level. Right, right. And this is, uh, I'm sure these are all the lessons you're spreading with, with, your, uh, with your foundation, correct? With the Manny Moda International Foundation? Well, the foundation, we are so pleased and so grateful and so blessed by Lord for giving all the opportunity to spend some time with the poor families, the poor kids, the elderly people, and also to let the kids know how important education is. And we had the opportunity to sit down with the kids and talk about baseball, talk about the family. We try to emphasize about education and also letting them know they are the hope, they are the pride, and they are the future of any country. But as a parents, we are the one who gotta give them advice and give them guidance to build the confidence and that way they can be good kids, they can be good father, and they can be good son. So we're giving a lot of advice, but we focus on education, how important education is for them. And because you don't want to create only baseball player, you want to create better citizen for this country. And they are the future of any country, but they had to get prepared to face life. And we are the one who's supposed to go there giving advice for them to be what we believe they're supposed to be. Yes, sir. And it's beautiful. Uh, us at uh, Alternate Take, all of our guests that we have on, we love to either, they have a business, we like to support it, we like to buy their merchandise, or they have a foundation as, as yours, and we'd love to donate. So we're definitely going to be doing that in the near future. We're excited about it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You try to help as much as possible can. And let them know we are human beings like they are. So I'm not afraid to, you know, come to the kids and pray and talk to them and make them feel we are human beings. And for us, that was a great opportunity and blessing for the good Lord to be able to spend some time with them. Yes, sir. Uh, I wanted to recap this uh, this last World Series because this one definitely meant a lot to uh, to Dod- I mean not just Dodger fans but to, to baseball fans. It's been a long time since the Dodgers won a World Series, and uh, you know wh- where where were you at when they won, and uh, how did you feel, and then uh, how did that how that old thing happen for you? Oh no, I was in my house watching the game, and that was exciting when I saw the team win the game, and at that particular moment. I know the team win the World Series, but I was thinking about the fans because they were so patient. They, were, they had so much perseverance and they were for 32 years. And that day, I feel like I was a fan, like the rest of the Dodger fan, because I know how they feel about the team winning the World Series after waiting for 32 years. And I show you, it's better late than ever. Yes, sir. And then, I mean, and you've had your perseverance too. I mean, you got, you guys went to the world series a couple of times in the seventies 
And then, but with your 81 World Series and your 88, you know, you knew what it was like to win a professional World Series. And then you know what it's like to win as a fan too. So, that, so that's awesome. You have to be patient because the thing, Lord, going to give it to you at the right time. But you have to be patient. You got to keep working hard. And also, you have to have faith in your work club, believe in the players' ability and the joy organization. And that's what happened. Everybody together, they paid the price. And they tasted the fruit of the victory, like Tommy Lasora used to say. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, one more thing, sir. What, what, what are we looking like this year? What, with uh, Justin Turner coming back and with uh, Trevor Bauer, what, what are the Dodgers looking like this year, sir? The team is looking good. Looking better than last year because we got Trevor Bauer now. And you have a great rotation, without a doubt. You got the best rotation in baseball. You got Kershaw, Bueller, Price, Bauer, Urias. You got a good pitching staff. And they just got to go out and play the game and think about what they are. They are the world champion. They have to be proud. They have to play with pride. Just go on the field 100%. Believe in themselves. Knowing. They are, at this moment, the best thing in baseball. Beautiful. That's great. That's the best way to wrap it up, sir. I want to I thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, you are, like, in my, like I said, in my opinion, you are Mr. Dodger to me. You are, I think of the Dodgers. I think of Vince Scully. I think of Tommy Lasorda. And I think of yourself, sir. Uh, you've, been, you've been part of the organization for over 50 years. And I think that's, that's beautiful. The, the players that you've helped, your organization, your nonprofit organization, uh, you – indirectly contributed a lot of great memories to my childhood and i thank you thank you i thank you for having me and thank you for those beautiful work and i thank all the people around me for helping me and giving me support when i come up with this prestigious and great organization thank you to the fans and thank you for having me on your show yes sir thank you and thank you to your daughter cecilia she's a very nice woman i appreciate it thank you god bless you you too, sir. Take care. Thank you. Bye. And there it is, our interview with the Dodgers legend, Manny Mota. Told you guys it was awesome, man. Uh, thanks again to Manny for taking the time out of your schedule for uh, for doing that. It, I had a blast. And uh, thank you to uh, Cecilia for uh, getting it set up. Uh, you couldn't have been more professional, and I appreciate it. And uh, I hope all you listeners really got something out of it, man. I, I know I for sure did. It's, it was like nostalgic talking talking to him. You know, you see the guy on your TV your whole life, and all of a sudden he's just having a casual conversation with you. It's pretty surreal. But it was fun. It was really fun, and uh, it's cool to hear his experiences that he had. It was like Willie Mays and uh, Roberto Clemente and, and Tommy Lasorda. And to relive some of those stories and talking about his, uh, you know, his mindset about a pinch hitting and then, you know, his mindset just about life in general and helping helping out the youth. You know, I think that's beautiful. And uh, what else can I say, man? It, it was an awesome interview. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next Dodgers guest we get on here and uh, and whatnot. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of Alternate Take. And I'll see you guys soon, dude. Peace. Side. Say-
Boy! 